Hi, Salima here. Please help us produce our people-powered radio at radioproject.org. Thank you, and here's the show. This week on Making Contact. And I always tell my families that, even in front of like the principal and stuff, I say, SFUSD pays me, but I work for y'all. I'll lose my job behind one of y'all before I lose my job behind one of them. So y'all have to be honest and forthright with me in order for me to support you. Dozens of studies show that when parents or guardians are engaged in their kids' education, it has a huge impact, not just on academics, but on a student's attendance, sense of self-esteem, and behavior in class. That's true across income levels. That's why San Francisco Unified created the position of family liaison more than 15 years ago to build trust and get those families in the door. Lee Romney is an independent journalist who covers education for KALW. She spent the past year tracking the work of one of these liaisons at a high-poverty school in the Bayview District. It turns out meeting family needs in a city of widening wealth gaps is a big lift. Welcome to Carver Village. I'm Marisha Robinson. I'm the family liaison here. Um, Marisha Robinson is greeting a big crowd in the family center at George Washington Carver Elementary School. Today, there's a ribbon cutting, for a freezer, and a steady supply of quality protein to fill it. What of all our goodies look like? So our whole chickens, these are the favorites. Families love the whole chickens. See the whole chickens? Awesome, huh? Organic. Look at that grass-fed beef. And then we have frozen vegetables. There's also a cupboard full of dry goods, like pasta and pinto beans. Marisha knows how to make her groceries last. I'm a mom of five, so I stretch pretty far. Marisha was once a parent at George Washington Carver. And when I meet her in fall 2018, she's starting her second year as the family liaison here. So it makes it a rounded meal. And brown rice... Marisha's big lift is to build relationships with families who often had bad experiences in school themselves. So this bounty of meat and grains doesn't only feed the brains of Carver's students, it helps Marisha earn trust. I'm going to have my families come up really quickly. Come on, come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Got worse than the kids. Most of these parents work, some more than one job. But getting by in the city is tough, and several get up to share their gratitude. It really comes in handy sometimes. I know we all go through our struggles and everything, and I just want to say thank you. He and the other parents here are some of Marisha's regulars, her stars. Many of these moms and dads push into our classroom, so they're here on a daily basis, helping be a mom to not just their babies or a dad to just their babies, but to everyone's babies. They also do schoolyard duty, make sure kids get to and from Carver safely, and show up at school events. But if families aren't ready or able, Marisha is there for the kids. If I can't work on that mom, I can work on this baby. And when they're in this space, they need to feel love. They don't need to feel like, oh, they know my mama at home drunk, and that's why they're treating me this way. They need to feel like they don't care about what she's doing. They're, they they love me for me, you know? How many uniforms we've bought out of pocket, how many backpacks we've bought out of pocket, like birthday cards that we put money in, you know, like here's my September birthday list right here for them. At the beginning of this school year, Marisha moves her desk within earshot of the school's main entrance and the principal's office. She's closer to the action, so she can jump in when parents or guardians show up with any concerns or complaints. Because an angry parent is often Marisha's first point of contact. 
being up here allows me to kind of interject or even to allow the situation to happen and then pull the family aside and say, so I'm here for you. You tell me what needs to be done. And I always tell my families that even in front of like the principal and stuff, I say, SFUSD pays me, but I work for y'all. I'll lose my job behind one of y'all before I lose my job behind one of them. So y'all have to be honest and forthright with me in order for me to support you. Nearly 90% of the students here are eligible for free or reduced price lunch. But the statistic masks a deeper reality. Carver's principal, Emmanuel Stewart, taught at this school for 14 years before he led it. And he's seen community poverty deepen, particularly for black families. A lot of parents are on edge, and the principal is often the default target for their stress. So having a designated family ally, it's key. Sometimes we're joint at the hip because it's important for me, for our families, to feel that they have somebody that they can trust. And she's, and she's building that trust and relationship with most of our parents. It's going to take time because our parents have to see you in this community. They have to see you. And they have to see you for multiple years. They can pick up fresh uh, fruit in the morning, as you can see. On a Wednesday morning before dawn, I joined the principal and two staffers in front of the school as they set up a giveaway of fresh produce, eggs, and rice. Beautiful. Yes, ma'am. Just rice and some um, fruits. There's a hint of fall in the air. Marisha can't make it this early. Mom of five, remember? But she spreads the word to families because the food bank is one of the few concrete things she can offer. Still, one mom who collects some staples after dropping off her son makes it clear just how tough Marisha's job is. To me, all she has is the title. She has nothing else. She has no funds. She has no backup. And she's basically sitting in there with her hands tied behind her back because the things that she does have, it's, it's not even a bare minimum. This mom's name is Jewel Taylor, and she lists off all the things she'd like to see. We need job resources. We need resources on how to get more food. We also need resources on how to get like PG&E bill paid, how to uh, be, uh, do job readiness programs. And I think if we had that over here at Carver, we would have more parent participation where parents would come in. Marisha agrees with all of that. So theoretically, I'm supposed to have stations where families can come and work on the computer and use it for whatever they need it for, if they need to make phone calls. Um, that corner is supposed to be my clothing and like my community closet, so like pampers and pads and hygiene. We're back in the family center. It doubles as the music room, and it's a work in progress. The computers to help families job search or pay bills, they haven't materialized. What does get done are the things Marisha can pretty much do on her own. There's an area for the kids to play. Um, so in case families come and they have the little ones with them, but they want to push into their kids' class, I'll sit with a kid down here and play with them. When she um, finds out so there's a new baby on the way, around. I just make them a basket. So I buy them like a little cheapy pack of Pampers and like a pack of onesies and, you know, some washcloths, a receiving blanket. It adds up. I really want the community organizations to be able to donate that kind of stuff to me so I don't have to, because it literally comes out of my pocket. And I'm really looking for donations for my community closet. The help with job readiness that Jewel was asking for, Marisha has a vision for that too, and a lot more. Anything to bring families into the school's daily rhythm. Some of my kids who have the 
most some of the most severe behaviors are with families who don't have employment. So can you imagine them looking for a job or going to a job fair here on campus, how that would impact their behavior? Oh, my mom's here. I have a dentist here every Tuesday from blah, 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 blah. All my families know that, you know, immunizations. We have immunization clinic from blah, 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 blah. If I could use that space to house those type of things, I think that would be really awesome. Some of this is in Carver's future. The campus is one of more than two dozen across the district, getting city funding over the next five years to become a community school. That includes a commitment to connect families to resources. But the plan is new, and not much is in place yet here. So Marisha and the rest of the Carver team work with what they've got. District support for the family liaison position has been pretty steady over the years, but the approach has shifted a bit. The liaison job is no longer centralized like it once was. It's up to schools to decide if they want one and how to best reach families. Some pay the salary out of their own school funds, and most liaisons only work part-time. Carver is lucky, if you can call it that. Because the school has such high student and family needs, the district covers Marisha's salary. But Marisha pays for so much out of pocket because she has no budget. Oh, and then the washer and dryer. So we, I'm, I'm in Marisha's I'm office with her when she gets some good news. Moms Against Poverty, the global nonprofit that donated that freezer and all that food that fills it, it's going to give Carver a washer and dryer. Students who don't have access to clean clothes sometimes stay home from school, or they show up in a dirty uniform, and that's hard on their self-esteem. This gift, it's a big deal for Marisha. I have two file cabinets right here full of, like, uniforms and pants. I take them home, and I wash them, and I bring them back, and we swap them out on the kids. Even her husband gets in on the action. As a reward for the boys who've been on good behavior, he's been coming down to Carver to cut hair. This is Miss Ashley. She's the school social worker. Hello. One of my work besties. This is Lee Romney. Marisha takes me to meet the school's social worker. From what they're both hearing, it's rough out there. It ranges anywhere from, like, the families losing their housing to a lot more, like, community violence that's going Mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. uh, turf stuff going Mm -hmm, on right now. mm -hmm. So it's a lot. So our cost of living is going up. The wages are Mm -hmm, not matching. mm -hmm. Our domestic violence is coming. Like, yeah, it has Mm -hmm. been a rough year. It's been a rough year. And we're only in month two, is it? Yes. Month two. It's October. Family stressors seem worse. Black students make up the bulk of Carver's student body, followed by a smaller number of Pacific Islander and Latino kids. But the housing crunch has been pushing black families out of the Bayview district for years now. Some kids who've left San Francisco still go to school here. Mom or dad kept their job and bring them in. But those long commutes, they take a toll. A few days ago, Miss Ashley tells us a kindergartner came in. He had an okay morning, but then he got really cranky, and the teacher sent him down. He was just like, I'm just tired. I was just like, but what time did you go to bed? He was like, I went to bed at 8 o'clock, and I was like, what time did you wake up? I woke up at like 2 o'clock this morning. I was like, where are you coming from? I live in Modesto, and I was just like, okay, you have a further ride than I do. Modesto is rare. That's nearly 200 miles round trip. But Antioch, Fairfield, and Pittsburgh, about half that distance, they're more common. These drives take hours, and kids are often exhausted. 
When families live that far away, it's harder for Mauricia to get them involved at school. As for students from the neighborhood, staff here say plenty are dealing with traumas outside of school. And all of that can add up to some difficult behaviors. If I don't get my way, I'm going to flip the table over types of behavior. If I don't get my way, I'm walking out of the class and you can't get me back in class. If I don't get my way, I'm going to jump off the ledge and kill myself. Like, and it's okay. But for a teacher, that's hard. That's hard. One teacher, that's hard to do. And we don't put kids in hallways. We, that's not what we do. We push in. Push in. Parents help with that, too, with Mauricia's urging. They serve as backup to special ed resource teachers and instructional aides coming into class to help kids calm down, focus, and work through the academics. It's a team effort. But even one or two kids in a class with big behavior issues can be incredibly frustrating to parents whose kids aren't struggling that way. Here's Jewel again. It shows in the classroom. You have a teacher that's doing more discipline rather than teaching. And that's not fair to the teacher because here he is, he has to keep repeating the same thing he was repeating on the first day of school. I'm outside with Principal Emmanuel Stewart one morning when a dad and mom pull up in separate cars for a kid handoff. Yeah, I may have to go down here too. The parents argue. Yes, I'm the one you've been talking to this whole time. Hi. Hi, it's nice to meet you mm -hmm. again, finally. Yeah, I'm coming to get him out of school. He's gonna come back with me. Yes. The backstory, mom and dad split up five years ago. She lives in Stockton, dad lives in the Bayview. The boy is struggling a ton. So mom sends him to live with his father, hoping the male bond will help. It doesn't seem to be working. Carver staff love this child, but he recently broke the glass on a fire extinguisher. I enjoyed your son. I just wish he could have got some things together behind how to self-regulate, but as a student, he was coming around for Miss G. Miss G, that's Anea Gilliam, a third grade teacher who gets a lot of props. But mom has decided to bring her son back to Stockton, where she can get him into special ed and back into therapy. I'm going to still look forward for the IEP testing. Yes. Whatever, I'm still going to continue that and okay. stuff. That'll be fine. This is how it happens. One more student lost for reasons outside the school's control, outside Mauricia's control. They go inside to do the paperwork. These family departures come with all kinds of costs. For one, switching schools is hard on the babies, as Marisha calls the kids. National research shows students who change schools four or more times by eighth grade are disproportionately poor, black, and from families who don't own their own home. Carver's core demographic. The hopping around hurts them academically. They have higher dropout rates. And there's no guarantee there'll be Mauricia or any family liaison on the other end to ease their way. I just want to know about our girl's costume. I gave it to her. You did? Oh, bless you. I just want to I make sure. I couldn't find a skirt, though, but she got suspenders, she got buttons, she got glasses. Oh, I come back for the family Halloween party. Mauricia's been out shopping again, out of her own pocket. But there are still students who aren't dressed up. I don't know what's in my bin, what's left. I've got a witch mask. I've got a cowgirl hat. A tiara. I got a chef. Patrick's gonna be chef. Marisha digs through her bin in the family center. There's not much there, but she gets them fixed up. 
A lot of parents and guardians do show up for the holiday events, but Principal Stewart, he wants more. Once again, thank you so much for coming out today. Parents, we need to see you up there other than Halloween! Before I go on, I need to say that plenty of parents here at Carver, even those under a lot of stress, do participate in their kids' education. Like this mom, Christina Chapman, who I meet at Halloween. A lot of parents think that you send your kids to school and the teachers are supposed to teach them. You are your kid's first teacher. Yeah, you go to a summer program, but when you come home, you got two hours study time. At the end of the school year, I ask the teachers, what, is, what will my kids be working on the next year? They let you know. It all depends on the parent. So when I see kids acting out and there are challenged children, it's the parent. Still, there are some neighborhood realities parents can't change, and neither can Marisha. The first grand prize winner is, drum roll. Marisha just got done wrapping presents for the Carver Holiday Gift Giveaway. Every family that fills out a survey is in the raffle and guaranteed a gift. Some kids win bikes, including one of the first grade twins of a mom named Sarah Thomas. The kid's dad was killed just six months ago. Right down the street um, on June 4th, so I don't really like them being in this area um, so much more, but I mean, it has nothing to do with the school. It's probably hard for them to walk by there all the time. Like yesterday, with the whole thing being right there at the opera house, and it was like right there. But I mean, Carver is a good, excuse me, excuse my French, it's a good, very good school. And they've been here since kindergarten. Sarah tells me she mostly wants to get the kids away from where the shooting went down, but she says she'll stick out the school year. Another mom, LaRonda Hampton, says she has nothing but praise for Carver Elementary. She moved her daughter here just four months ago because even though the girl was about to start third grade, she could barely read. My daughter is reading at second grade level now. I think Ms. G, her third grade teacher, is one of the best teachers I have seen in a long time. Marisha and some other staff members here, she adds, are incredibly supportive. They really care. You know, laugh what you cry with you. Come home and clean your house with you. Care. But life in the Bayview has just gotten too hard, with lots of people losing their housing. Plus, the drugs are taking over. I've had all I can take. I've had somebody walk in and sit on my couch um, next to my daughter. And I found out that he was not one just mentally ill, but on drugs. It's time to go. LaRonda tells me she's planning a move to East Contra Costa County. She wants her daughter to stay at Carver through fifth grade, but she's not sure she can hang on that long. Take it. Whatever's, uh, whatever's left, take it. If not, throw it out. By the time the school cafeteria starts to empty, Mauricia is exhausted. She's been running around making sure the gifts get into the right hands. Let me see what they say, Sarah. None of them say girl. Four months later, in the spring, another student loses her dad to gun violence on a neighborhood street not far from Carver. Marisha helps take up a collection to pay for the funeral, just like the school did for the father of Sarah's twins. This mom is committed to staying, though, and with Marisha's encouragement, she steps up her volunteer work, coming in more often to sit in on her daughter's class. I come back to Carver on Back to School Night, a year after I first meet Mauricia. It's September 2019, the start of her third year as family liaison. Enrollment has dropped. I catch Principal Stewart in a discouraged mood. We had about 25 families as school began to start. Some went across the East Bay, 
to, to go to school there. Some didn't return back uh, for whatever reason. They are trying to manage how to stay and live in a city that I just feel, this is my own personal opinion, a city that does not want them in here. This city does not want black families here, and I'll say it, and I'll continue to say it, and I don't care who hears me. There have also been some departures from Principal Stewart's team, his assistant principal, the staffer in charge of boosting attendance, and some teachers, including the popular Miss G. She left for a district in Palo Alto. We had to uh, replace three teachers. You would say, oh, that's not that bad, but when they're first-year teachers, that's a lot of newness. Newness could be good or it could be bad. And right now, I'm seeing it for some goodness because it's bringing some new ideas to the um, village. But man, to have that many new people in new positions and first-year teachers on the staff is really tough to deal with. Mauricia's experiencing some newness, too. She got booted from her family center because Carver's music program needs the space. The new one will be in what used to be the computer lab, and that could be a good thing. So all the computers, they're being cleaned and wiped, and we're going to keep no more than six of them. So families will be able to come in here, and the idea is that they can use the technology resources to surf the web, they can job search. She's found someone to offer her parents and guardians online GED classes so they can get their high school equivalency diplomas. And I've connected with the human service agency that will come in and tell them what other resources and stuff they can find online. So we'll bring the couches and stuff up from my little hut and make it a little bit more comfortable for like if they have kiddos and stuff. The plan sounds a lot like last year's, but it seems like it's actually going to happen now. I I mean, I honestly don't mind if they're sitting here all day on Facebook. Like, I don't care, but they're in the building. And that's what matters to me is that they're here. And then that way I can partner with them. And, you know, I can always come in here and be like, hey, we have this event going on. What do you guys think about this? Or I'm able to capture their ideas and thoughts without always convening a meeting. Mauritius also starting a club for Pacific Islander parents. Getting families in the door has been tough. But she says she's made some breakthroughs. Or at least I've felt like I've built a little bit of rapport with them. And it it may not be like what everyone wants it to be, like the big bang and like all of a sudden it's just a big reform and we see this mama or daddy every day or we see this grandma and grandpa every day. But so she tells me, me they're reaching out. The fact that they've called and said, Miss Robinson, I have a problem. The fact that they can come to me and say that, I think for me that's big, right? Because I've built some type of trust. And even if it's negative, 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 I'm happy that they're just coming at all. You know, and, um, and I'm happy to support them in advocating for their child's learning. And thanks to Moms Against Poverty, the nonprofit that donated the freezer, she's now offering even more to families. They were like, oh, my gosh, like, I really needed to do laundry, but I didn't have any washing powder. And here it was, that the bleach, they, they loved it. They were like, bleach, I got bleach, oh, sh-. like, really genuinely excited about it. And for all the families who are couch surfing or living in cars. We have, like, um, a kitchen in a tub. So it has like an eye burner, it has pots, it has pans, dish soap, a dish rag, and all of that. We call them portable kitchen. So if I give them a portable kitchen and then I give them the food, and then at least for like the weekend, they'll have food during the weekend. As for that washer and dryer, it's been ready to go for a year now. But the district hasn't gotten around to installing the outlet. Are you still taking laundry home? 
I do take laundry home. That's such a bad habit. Mr. Stewart take laundry home too. We all take laundry home. We do. We all take laundry. But I do. Until they give me my, the school district, give me my outlet, please. Work order number. Let me find the work order number. <laughs> Some of that hard work from last year, it's pretty much out the window because she won't be seeing some of the parents whose trust she's earned, parents who did get involved at the school. Sarah Thomas, the mom of the twins whose father was killed, she moved the boys to a charter school in a different neighborhood. And LaRonda Hampton, the mom who was looking to leave the Bayview, her daughter didn't come back either. I call the cell number LaRonda gave me to find out why, but it's disconnected. In San Francisco, I'm Lee Romney. Lee Romney is an independent journalist who originally produced this piece for KALW. She joined me by phone to talk about the story and some of the underlying causes of achievement gaps. The public schools in the Bayview, especially the elementary schools, are really contending with a higher concentration of families in need. And so I really wanted to spend a good amount of time at a school uh, to look at what it takes to serve these families and, and these kids, and because it goes so far beyond the classroom. Are there plans in the district to, to give the family liaison officers uh, more of a budget to do some of this work? Uh, right now, that does not seem to be in the cards. And, you know, it's tough. One thing that, that happens in the piece is, is you know, we actually see the enrollment of that school continuing to drop. And that has been the trend. And because so many families are are moving out and, you know, and quite a few are commuting back really long distances so their kids can stay, you know, in the same school. But I think what struck me the most about this reporting is just these forces that are completely outside the school's control and the principal's control. And so, you know, they lose enrollment, they lose they lose funding. Mm-hmm. And the families that are moving in aren't putting their kids in schools like Carver? Uh, some might be, but, um, you know, San Francisco has a very complicated school choice system. And um, this has been a constant push and pull. You know, there are families in the Bayview who um, who want to send their kids out of the Bayview to schools that they, you know, perceive to be better resourced. And so... You know, these schools have to try to kind of promote themselves. Uh, I've been to these, you know, annual school fairs where a lot of families, they shop by test scores. They don't get a full picture of what that school community is like. And then the district built a new new middle school, Willie Brown Middle, and put a huge amount of money into that school. And even there, they've had some difficulty recruiting families. And so they've sort of tweaked their admissions to try to incentivize families to go there. Oh, if you send your kid to Willie Brown Middle for the full three years of the middle school, then you get an advantage on the high school of your choice. And so there's there's all this kind of um, gaming, you know, to try to draw more families into these schools. For this project, did you look at other districts in the state or across the country that um, have similar programs or similar challenges? You know, I um, interviewed the Stanford researcher who has this big data project where they're they're looking at schools 
across the entire country. So they, they're doing a lot of sort of studying of the achievement gap and what what is causing it. And so they did some interesting research that in this country, uh, race and ethnicity tends to align with income. But they found that it was really the income levels that were affecting the achievement gap in these big test score gaps. And so I said, well, what if you just had, took a bunch of money and poured it into that school? You know, because I was thinking of Carver because I'd spent so much time there. And uh, interestingly, what he said is, you know, it would help a bit, but it wouldn't help that much because you have such high needs kids. And so if, if families are sending their kids to more um, economically diverse campuses, then it means that those kids who need really intensive attention and intervention, they're just not as numerous. And it was, in some ways, it was really discouraging to hear that because it was like, well, what, you know, what is a school like Carver supposed to, to do about that? School districts have to try to figure out a way to um, to diversify schools, and it's harder and harder to do that in an era where a lot of these sort of federal consent judgments to desegregate schools are a thing of the past. The Big Lift originally aired on KALW's CrossCurrents. It was written and produced by Lee Romney, editor Lisa Morehouse, engineer Tadek Foda. For the rest of the Making Contact team, I'm Monica Lopez. Thanks for listening to Making Contact. 